Welcome to Bass Case. I'm your host, Philippe Ball. Episode 005, Blues Licks for Bass. In my last episode, I talked about how blues heads are a prime source for authentic solo language, you know, regardless of the style, whether you're dealing with jazz or blues, rock, country. And then in that episode, I played through a few jazz blues heads that reflected authentic jazz language, both melodically and rhythmically. And uh, rhythmically, in, in, in a later episode, I'm going to key in on rhythm. Uh, it's something that's neglected a lot of times. You know, we're always, in, as musicians, and we're always really key on learning lines, but we never think about the rhythmic aspect of it. But I'm also going to stay away, but I want to talk about it for a second. It's just the use of scales to create solos over chord changes. You know, what I'm teaching you right now is just lines, either through heads or through licks. But that was my first introduction to solo technique was what what they call in the jazz pedagogy world chord scale theory. You know, it's where, like, if you have uh, two E-flat major chords, like on the first two bars of Groove and High or the first two bars of Miles' Four, you look at that and you say, well, i got two E-flat major chords. I can play an E-flat major scale. Now, those notes are going to sound consonant, But without learning these heads and licks, you're going to be missing some things. You're going to be missing some things rhythmically. And and you have to remember that we we don't always just use the scale. We sometimes use some other notes that are in there that are not part of the scale, what we call non-diatonic notes. And it's the same for the blues, you know. A common introduction to blues solos is the blues scale. But that blues scale alone generally won't give you what you want to make your solo sound melodic and sound bluesy. You know, the heads and licks that I'm about to give you, they give you that rhythmic design and phrasing that your solo needs. And just, you know, like everything else, sing these things, you know. Like we were talking about that last week, you know, about how I was thinking about that this morning in Bag's Groove, you know, do dee, 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 You know, that line is absorbed into my system. And the more that these lines are absorbed into your system, the more likely you're going to play them with that same type of feeling that you're wanting. Now, these same five lines are going to help you with those aspects in your solo. You know, they contain rhythmic interest, and they've got melodic content within them that speaks to the blues. One more aspect, too, to, and there's going to be some nice phrasing in here. And one of the biggest, you know, concepts in phrasing is the use of space. So there's going to be a little bit of space on a couple of these lines. All of these lines are just four-bar lines that you can fit on each of the four bar sections of the blues. You know, like last week I was talking about how the blues, I, I break it down for my students. The 12 bar blues is basically three lines, four bars each. There's line A, line B, and line C. You can fit these lines almost like a template into these areas. Okay, now one thing I want you to be mindful of, they are not a solo in and of themselves. They're more of like what we call uh, cells. But they're going to help players start sounding the way that you want to sound when soloing over blues changes. And you can use them over other tunes, too. I'll be showing you that later. Oh, and as usual, because it's entitled Bass Case and I'm a bass player and I'm talking to bass players, they fit nicely on the bass neck, both electric and upright. And as always, check out my YouTube videos that correspond with these podcast episodes. Now let's get to these lines. I'm doing them all over a blues in the key of F. They're simple 
but rhythmically, my beginning improv players and my beginning bass players struggle with them at first, particularly the first two, because they have to lay just right. You know, they struggle because they're not rhythmically complex, but laying them that right, sometimes they play around with that and try to put them in a different, on a different beat. Play them exactly as I play them. That's going to be the best way in. In the first two lines that I play, number one and two, they start on beat three, which tends to throw off some players because they're so with my my bass instructor wants to term root itis. You know, we as bass players we want to lay everything on the downbeat of every measure. Well, these start on the third, the first two do. So there'll be some counting involved and get used to doing that. And that's gonna be an an episode later about how much counting. I'm gonna do the this episode on the importance of counting while playing and the importance of counting while I'm not playing. I count a lot when I'm listening to music. You know, it keeps, as bass players, we're always in charge of the one of every downbeat. Okay, here's number one. Now, it sits nicely in the middle of the neck fingerboard, and it's a basic call and response pattern that is a hallmark of the blues. You know, you're going to hear the line, and then four beats later, you'll hear the line, but somewhat differently. So here's number one. And here's the response. Okay, here's line two. And there's that response back. Last line, here's the call. And responding back. Okay, now here's number two. It's similar to number one. It's a call and response pattern. But this one sits on the lower part of the neck, you know, near the the headstock or the nut, whatever you want to call that in your half position if you're an upright player or your first position if you're an electric player. And it also starts on B3, and it's, like I said, a, a nice uh, call and response pattern. Here's number two. Now here's your response. Now we're on second line. Call. Here's that response back. Last line of the blues. Here's the call. And that last response. Okay, nice. Now, number two, notice something. I'm in an F blues, and that F chord, that F7 chord, has an A as the third. You know, you spell it F-A-C-E flat. But I've got that line, and I'm using that A flat. That's that blue note that you hear so much about, and that's what makes it sound so bluesy when we're doing that. Okay, now number three, this one starts square on the downbeat, and it but it begins on a non-chord tone, a B. When you hear this line, it kind of riffs on that bag's groove line uh, that we worked with in Heads on the last podcast, on the last episode. So, and there's a little bit of space in this too. So here's number three. There's that nice bit of space, and we're in line two. One, two, here you go. I mean, I could start adding bits and pieces of Sunny Moon for two, you know, that Sonny Rollins piece that we talked about on the last episode. 
Okay, I noticed that I started on that B natural. Do de do de do 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 dot do de 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 de. I mean, it's riffing on the bag's groove, and you're gonna see that a lot of these lines really reflect the heads. I mean, everything's relatable right here. Okay, here's number four. This one also begins on beat one, and it also begins on that B natural, another one of those blues notes. There's a little bit less space in here, and it's more of a call and response. So here's number four. Here's line two. four bars okay sweet real easy fits on the neck automatically you start playing this you start sounding like you're playing the blues because you, in, in essence you are playing the blues now here's number five i talked about blues scale and this uses the blues scale but as always with musicians of all genres we want to hide the fact that we're using the scale, you know, and this one does it rhythmically. Now, some of my students struggle with this one because it begins on the and of one. So there'll be a count of one, two, three, four, one. And it's just running that top end of the blues scale, basically the first uh, four or five notes of it. It's scalar. Uh, but like I said, it masquerades because of its rhythm. So here is number five. There's a little bit of space right here. And then here's line two. I could fit in. Okay, now get these licks under your fingers. You won't be uh, dissatisfied with them in any way. You're going to start sounding like a, like a jazz blues musician. And most importantly, that play them, you know, learn them one by one to where you have them under your fingers. Maybe even take them up an octave. Uh, but more importantly, learn them without the sheet. You know, so I see some of my students in my combo class, and they're still pulling out that sheet, you know, and... We're in week 12, I think, of the semester, and we started pulling these out in week one. Get them so that they're absorbed. Singing them is important. Learning them without the sheet. Now, in a future episode, I'm going to take those five lines and those blues heads and compose kind of a solo, what we call an etude, over a few courses of blues. Uh, this is Phil with Bass Case, and I'll be talking to you soon. Mm -hmm.